All right. We got the first one in the books. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Uh, Lions fall to the Bills 16 to 15. Uh, but first of all, let me just get this right off the top. Uh, it was nice to see people back at Ford Field. Nice to have fans back at Ford Field. And I look, I know things didn't quite go as maybe you'd hoped. Uh, but look, this is the preseason. This is when you iron out your wrinkles. This is when you figure out what you need to figure out. Wins, losses, they don't mean anything here. Don't mean anything. What, what, what you're looking for is improvement. You're looking for players to get better. You're, you're looking to see, you know, certainly we're going to talk about Jared Goff a little bit, but you're going to, you want to look for guys and see how they play, how they fit into a scheme. And even schematically, you're only going to get the bare bones. You're only getting the skeleton of, of what an offense or a defense will, will end up being. So scores here don't mean much, but, but uh, instead you look at players, you look at guys to see uh, how they fit into Dan Campbell's system and what they want to do here in Detroit. And, and I, I think right off the top, you look, you, you want to see what Jared Goff was going to bring here. You wanted to see how Jared Goff was going to handle this because, you know, let, let's be real here. Uh, Jared Goff doesn't have a lot of talent uh, specifically along the outside. There aren't just, aren't a lot of guy. I mean, this is a much different receiving core than we've seen here in Detroit over the last, you know, five, six years. And even then, it's not like, you know, we had, uh, uh, you, you know, off the charts receivers, but they were good players. They were, they were, they, they you know, the Marvin Joneses of the world uh, played an important role on this team. So you don't have those guys anymore. But uh, you, you want to see how these, how, how somebody like Jared Goff fits in. He struggled a little bit earlier. Uh, and a lot of his passes were relatively dink and dunk dump off, you know, five, six, seven yards down the field and uh, away you go. So again, you're, you're not going to see, uh, you know, uh, week 16, week 17, uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. But I thought what the Lions did, they, they, at this was everybody dipping their toes into water. This is everybody trying to, to, to settle in into a game, uh, game type situation. And I and I want to start with somebody like with Dan Campbell, because he was a a interim coach in Miami, obviously position coach uh, down with Sean Payton in New Orleans. So I don't know that anybody really had any ideas about how Dan Campbell was going to handle a game. But there weren't any glaring holes. There weren't any anything that I out and out questioned about Dan Campbell's either game plan or or clock management. You know, it was one of the big knocks against Jim Caldwell. It just seemed like a lot of the times he was lost in games in terms of clock management. Why are you taking a timeout here? Why aren't you taking a timeout here? You know, situational football, there were questions around somebody like like Jim Caldwell. And certainly a lot of those questions continued to linger when when Matt Patricia was here. So again, in, in, in a in a preseason game number one with a new regime, with new coaches in place, certainly a, a different mindset in Allen Park, uh, trying to get guys bought into to their way of doing things, which by all accounts they've done. This is a much different atmosphere, much different mentality uh, with this team than than was with the Matt Patricia era. 
So I, I, I think the way that he, you know, bobbed and weaved in that game, I thought was okay. Now, again, this is preseason game number one for a first-year head coach, for a first-time head coach, for somebody uh, like like Aaron Glenn, who's never been a defensive coordinator before. First time for him. I got a lot less questions about somebody like Anthony Lynn. Let me tell you right off the bat. I got less questions about him. I, I, I still thank my lucky stars that somebody like him is in Detroit. A coach of his caliber is here. And certainly Dan Campbell gets some credit there. And uh, a a shout-out to our friends, the Chargers. Uh, I don't know what you're doing letting a guy like that go. But okay, glad he's here. I got a lot less questions about how he's going to handle that offense. You know, watching somebody like Deuce Staley mic'd up in a a game-type atmosphere, is it gets the juices going. He, He gets it. He's instilling a different type of mentality into that run into that running back room, which is what they need. So look, you didn't see guys like TJ Hawkinson. You didn't see guys like DeAndre Swift. They're not going to get a lot of meaningful run here in this uh, first preseason action. And they probably won't, won't get a lot of real meaningful looks throughout the rest of the preseason. Once you get into game two, game three, they'll see a little action. But the, these are going to be important pieces for this offense going forward. Another guy, you know, t- talking to a buddy. Uh, oh, Panay Sewell at a sack. Oh, okay, yeah, that weird. That's going to happen to a first year, to a not only a first year rookie, but but this is a guy who's never played an NFL game before. Yeah, okay, that's okay. I'm all right with that. He'll be just fine. So I think I, you know, Lions fans tend to have this thing where it's just a, it's like a, it's like a panic almost. It's like a, you know, it's like oh, what are we doing here? It's all right. Just relax. Breathe. Breathe. I, I still am holding out hope. I tend to believe that Dan Campbell is probably the right guy for this job right now. Whether or not, again, he's here for the long haul is, is not to be discussed today. But I thought what the Lions did in game one was okay. I thought we saw some, some nice uh, play out of Amon Ross St. Brown. I thought that was a guy I was looking at in this game hearing reports at Allen Park during training camp, hearing what the team had to say about him, hearing what Dan Campbell had to say about him. It's that's, that's important. A young receiver who's able to mix it up. He ain't going to back down from nobody. Uh, and with a team that's, that's looking for an explosive playmaker on the outside, perhaps in the slot. I, I like that. He had three really nice catches. One of them was brought back on a hold. No fault of his own. But I think that's a guy that you look at as we go along here uh, throughout the rest of the preseason and certainly into the into the early parts of the regular season. It's a guy you got to keep an eye on. That is going to be potentially a real player on this team. Jared Goff loves him. I was reading a quote from Jared Goff said he's going to be great. So I think that there was a, a foundation laid here so to speak, not to get too, uh, you know, uh, cute here. I just think that this was a nice first step for this team. And by the way, I mean, the, the bills are going to be a, a good team this year. They don't forget that, but this is going to be, this, this team is good. They're, they're going to struggle. They don't have boatloads of talent. They don't have talent like other, some other teams have so even teams in the division. 
And then I had to go, oh, look at Justin. Look at Justin Fields in Chicago. Did you see that? All right, look. This is this is this was my analogy at at draft time, and this is my analogy now. This we are in a time when we are we're the the 15 and a half year old just getting their permit. We need to learn on the Honda Civic. We need to learn on the Pinto. When we're ready to drive the Corvette, that's when we're ready. We're just not in a place where we're ready to draft a quarterback, specifically somebody who had questions like Justin Fields. Look, good first effort here by the Lions. We'll see how it progresses into game two. More next. All right, welcome back. Look, well, one of the stories that we had been following the last couple of weeks was the whole situation involving Texas and Oklahoma and everybody making those moves to the SEC. Left the Big 12 in a huge state of flux. And then there were questions about with the SEC forming this, and look, with I don't care how bad Texas has been the last decade. Doesn't really matter. Texas is Texas. There's a lot of cachet with the Longhorns. There's a lot of, uh, you, you know, it's very similar to Michigan. And so when you take a team like that and you move them to the SEC, it's a big deal. And you bring Oklahoma with them, it's a big deal. And so it, 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 it raised a lot of questions. With the SEC going to be at 16 teams, the, the, the first full-fledged super conference. What's it mean for the ACC? What's it mean for the Big Ten? What's it mean for the Pac-12? Hell, what's it mean for the Big 12? I mean, when you start breaking it down, when you start trying to figure out what these, these Power Five conferences are going to do, the SEC is just... Uh, they're like the Monopoly man at this point. These teams are going to be the, 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 the added revenue here is going to be massive for the SEC. And look, when you've got, I don't know, how many, of the aside from uh, Ohio State, aside from Clemson over the last couple of years, Every year, whoever's winning the, the, the national championship has been in the SEC. So that's where the, 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 that's where the money is, down the SEC. So all these questions arose for these other conferences. What are they going to do? Well, Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the, the, of the, the Big Ten, came out a couple of weeks ago after all of this kind of started at, at Big Ten Media Days and said, look, I have no interest in expansion. I have no interest in adding teams that aren't in the AAU, the American Academy of Universities, basically, you know, a, a big time academic universities, Michigan, Northwestern, those kind of schools. Well, unfortunately, the Big Ten already screwed the pooch on that by allowing somebody like Nebraska in the conference. If you want strong academic universities, Nebraska ain't it. I think they, they rank towards the bottom of the 130-some 
uh, D1 athletic universities. I mean, literally the bottom. They may, I don't remember off the top of my head, but maybe Dave, you could check this for me. But like, I'm talking like 130th. So when you start trying, when you start trying to figure out the next move of the Big Ten, uh, geez, I, if you're only going to start looking at academic universities with, and, and, you know, maybe the, 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 the conference footprint, right. You've heard that a lot, the conference footprint, like Notre Dame being a perfect uh, fit for big 10 because they're in our footprint. They're in, they're within our zone. I don't think any of that matters anymore. I don't think the footprint is, is any, is anything, but, Couple of two, a couple of teams that would fall into the Big Ten footprint, thanks to the uh, the the wise decision makers allowing somebody like uh, Rutgers High School into the Big Ten. Uh, you expand to places like Boston College, Virginia, Virginia Tech. So those are academic schools. Is that that's not moving the needle for anybody? And there was rumors that maybe the Big Ten would be interested in adding somebody like, like Stanford or USC, Cal, Oregon, some of those schools. That's eh, the bigger deal. Not quite in the footprint, but I don't think the footprint matters anymore. Well, now there is a new plan here. According to sources. A new plan that would link the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 together in sort of, you know, I've seen the word alliance thrown around a few times. That would put them in an alliance with each other to directly combat the SEC. Not only in, in TV rights, which is a huge deal, but in terms of some of the power plays in college football. Now, here's the nuance part in all of this. A lot of rumblings amongst the college football elite have said that there very well could be a day that these conferences, these groups of schools break away from the NCAA, break away from that model. And 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 go with them. Go it by themselves. It's interesting. It's an interesting thought. Something like this probably delays that a number of years. But when you start talking about what kind of influence that an alliance between these three Power Five conferences would mean, well, certainly it would mean. Well, number one, it would mean the Big Twelve's out in the dark. The Big 12 is going to struggle. It, it will struggle in its ability to make power plays within college football. And I'm talking about high-level discussions amongst, amongst commissioners of conferences or presidents and, and athletic directors. It would, it would cut their feet out. But even more broadly, it would take away their TV rights and it would take away their ability to to be a real power player. When you've got somebody like Texas and Oklahoma in your conference, you've got a little cachet. You've got, you've got a little juice. Well, that's gone. Texas Tech ain't going to do it. 
All right, Dave, there you go. Thank you for that. U.S. News and National Report ranks Nebraska 133rd in national universities. Welcome to the Big Ten. So look, this would give the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12. Uh, this is the, this is an instant answer to the SEC's increase in power, the in the increase in influence and decision making. And I'll tell you, you know who holds the cards in a possible expansion talk in terms of the playoff? Now, if this is true, and a lot of the reports that I've seen have said this is. This is really in a very early stage of discussion. Then you would be talking about outdoing the the SEC in this regard, out gaming the SEC in terms of influence. So, it's interesting. Now, the Big Ten leads everybody in fifty four million dollars a year annually in media rights. So then the question is, well, why are they getting together here? Why are they partnering with the Pac-12 and the ACC? That's very simple. It's access to the playoff. It's access to make sure that they are still in the mix. It's that they're still on uh, top of mind. That they're not just going to be washed under by the SEC. So it's just interesting. It's interesting. And this is a, 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 allegedly just an idea. This is in the this is in the early phases. But it's interesting because this would give these conferences a lot of clout. It would give them it would it would shift the power structure what looked like would be, you know, tilting it's like a seesaw. It it's tilting towards the SEC, but this could bring it the other way. So it's just something to keep in mind as somebody like Kevin Warren who said, look, we're not interested. We're not interested in adding schools. I know a lot of Big Ten fans will say, well, I know a couple of schools that we could that we could ditch. Could we swap them out? <laughs> it's not that easy. But it's an interesting development. So it's something that we're going to keep an eye on. Uh, coming up on the other side of the break, We had a uh, banged-up Pistons team. Cade Cunningham out, Killian Hayes out. Uh, We'll tell you how the Pistons did against the Lakers on Saturday. This Pistons team could be something to watch. I've been telling you about that for a couple of weeks. We'll talk about that next year in Sports Wrap as we continue here on WJR. I'll tell you, we got a really cool story that I'll talk about uh, coming up in the next segment. Uh, we'll talk about it with the guys on Spin on Golf. That's coming your way at 7 o'clock. Uh, but we have a first time ever, first time ever, U.S. Amateur winner from the state of Michigan, born here, raised here, and is a senior at Michigan State. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a couple minutes. Uh, you know, one of the other things, Dave, uh, that uh, was funny about this uh, week weekend of college or of, uh, uh, preseason football was the, the big debut of Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville with uh, first-year head coach Urban Meyer in the NFL. Uh, it was fun. Look, I've 
uh, talked about at length what a terrible place uh, social media can be because you, you get a real look into some into some fans and the way that they think. You would have thought that the world, that, that the, 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 the sky was falling with the way that Trevor Lawrence played in that, in that, in his first game down in Jacksonville, you would have thought, you would have thought that, that this guy was not an all world quarterback at Clemson and he wasn't deserving of a first overall pick. Also the return of Tim Tebow. And the return of Tim Tebow who didn't do very much. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Lawrence started over, of course, Gardner Minshew who had uh, some pretty infamous quotes this off season about, uh, not going to the bathroom properly because he didn't want to finish number two. I'll leave it to you there. Uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence completed six of nine for 71 yards in two series. Started the the uh, his uh, NFL career with a sack and a fumble. People were losing their minds. The kid will be just fine. He's, hey, he's going to be a, he's going to be a very good player. Justin Fields started out slow, also, and he had a fantastic and he had a fantastic game. He played really good. So yeah, I think I think I think uh, both of those guys are going to be just fine. But it it's, was it it's, just it, it's just incredible what looking at some of these posts on on like Twitter and people just losing their mind. It's, it's like season. relax. What, yeah. what, what do you expect? You expect this dude to go? I just I don't know. It's it's. I understand that people want to go out and they always want to win and they always want to see their team win no matter what. But geez, oh, Pete. See, I mean, just uh, unfortunately, as much as I hate to admit this because I'm not a fan of this player, uh, Pat, Pat Patrick Mahomes changed the way that we look at the NFL these days. People expect instant, you know, from all from these rookies, instant greatness, and it, and it all well, started. It, it started with right Pat. But he huh? didn't start right away. He, he started. He, he didn't start right away. But when he did get in there, and he did sit his first year behind, I think it was yeah. Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Um, yeah. But he. But when he came in, he was like a lightning rod, and he just went off. And that this is what the NFL is no longer. We're gonna sit and wait two to three years and see if our rookie can learn. And this is no more this Aaron Rodgers sitting behind Brett Favre. Those days are gone. Now it's that you need these you, you you need these instant wins now, and if they come out and they start the preseason like this, then uh, people are going to go crazy, especially on social media. Well, look, I don't know, I I don't know that that's totally fair. I I, I think that that if there is one position where sometimes there needs to be a maturation process, it is at quarterback. And so you know, I I think that that there is. I think that there needs to be some of that understanding. Not every guy is Pat Mahomes. Right. It's just it, it's not the case. Not every guy. You know, look, I have a ve- I'm very confident that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a very good quarterback in this league. Not every guy is Trevor Lawrence. Not every guy is is going to just come out and be able from day one be able to come out and win. It's just it's 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 an unrealistic expectation. So you know, and look, uh, I thought. Jordan Love came out and had a pretty nice showing too in he Green did. Bay. Yeah, and I read that his MRI came back um, clean, so uh, he should not miss any time. Right. So again, I I think it's just you got to be you got to be careful. And Jason in the studio also said that Dak Prescott also had a great rookie year, and he did. 
So he's another one. So Jack Prescott the, had a great rookie year. He also had a great offensive line. He also yeah. had a great running back behind him. True. I mean, you know, there's a little bit of a team play there. And 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 Dak Prescott is a is a good quarterback, but I mean, right. he ain't Pat Mahomes. Uh True. so I, I just think it's 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 probably a little bit unrealistic to to expect that. I just think that that I just think that the NFL's changed. I just think that these teams don't have these three to four years anymore. And these coaches, especially these new coaches with these new teams, they don't have a lot of time to get these teams turned around before uh, before the fan base turns on them. Well, that's true. But here's the thing: we saw that with Matt Patricia. This is where good management comes in. This is where good general managers flourish. Is when they're able to to potentially. I mean, look. We saw it in in New England for years, right? Like, even in New England, Tom Brady's getting old. Even in New England, Tom Brady's getting hurt a little more often. Even in New England, Tom Brady's get. It's just, it's, what do they do? They draft young quarterbacks that can sit. They draft young guys that can sit behind a, 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 a Hall of Fame quarterback and learn, watch, watch how they operate. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I mean, look, I, I it's just it's just one of those things where I think you're right. I think everybody's got a shorter shelf life in the NFL, especially coaches, and they definitely they definitely don't want to uh, put themselves in a position where they're gonna, you know, lose games. But they they also want to make sure that they're they're building somewhat for the future. And if you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers bringing in somebody like Jordan Love, is able to to navigate a little more. So I hope that's not the expectation. Um, hey, how about this? Cade Cunningham out, Killian Hayes out, uh, and the Pistons able to go out and beat the, the uh, Lakers. Again, this is just summer league. Um, what have you made of Cade Cunningham so far? I've been pretty impressed. I mean, I think I think I've been pretty you impressed know, with him. I knew I knew he was going to be good. You saw you saw he's already been on the big stage. You saw it in March Madness last year. You knew this guy was going to be solid. Yeah, but I think you know when you get into a situation where you're going up against Jalen Green. Uh, you know, primetime TV event where these guys are, they, they, they want to, you know, they, they want to come out and show out. J- Jalen Green came out and said that, like, I, I, I feel a little slighted. And so I'm going to come out and play well against this team that could have drafted me, but didn't. Um, I actually, I actually like the fact that Kate Cunningham didn't get too high on that. Like the fact that that wasn't something that he was, he wasn't going to that well. Right. Right. Like he sure. was in the moment and trying to, you know, develop with this team. And that's one of the reasons why I like Cade Cunningham so much is because I think this kid, he's willing to go through the process. He's willing to, he's willing to, 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 you know, go through that maturation period. So I, I don't know. I, I just think it's interesting that, that this, um, again, I, I have been very high on this team going forward. Really, I, I think that this team is headed in in a really good direction. And I think Cade Cunningham, his mentality is is only proof of that. Um, but when you guys when you have young guys around him, I think that this team is I, I again I've been beating that drum for a while. I think this team is going to be a factor here moving forward. They're they're not going to be the doormat they have been over the last few years. And here another pick that has been potentially even more impactful here. Is this Luca Garza pick? True. True. I don't know how that somebody like Luca Garza doesn't make this team. 
and again, I this is a, we're in summer league, but but you're starting to see why that pick. Uh, we we talked about it the next day after the after the draft. Lu, this Luca Garza pick is potentially one of the best value picks in this draft. Potentially one of the best value, and then even with the Isaiah Livers pick, really pretty something. So Luca Garza with twenty points, thirteen boards. Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good for a guy who's trying to figure this league out. Really like it. Really like it. So I look. I, I mean, I, I'm I am I'm on the the uh, Pistons bandwagon. I just I really into this team, and I'm gonna I'm really excited to see how they progress throughout the summer league, and then how we get into the regular season. Because I, I think guys like Cade Cunningham, the, the the ceiling is very high for Cade, and then with guys like Luca Garza, it's just, this is this is something. So it's just interesting. Good so building, good building blocks. I also like the coach too. So, oh, love me some Dwayne Casey. Dude just gets it, gets it. All right, coming up on the other side, um, I want to talk a little golf with our friends over at Spin on Golf. We have a first time U.S. Amateur winner from the state of Michigan. We will talk about that next uh, with our friends over on Spin on Golf. That's coming your way uh, at 7 o'clock. All right, more to come here next. We'll talk to you on the other side. Chris Renwick on Sports Rep as we continue on WJR. All right, welcome back to Sports Rep. We got Spin on Golf coming your way at 7 o'clock. Look, I want to talk to these guys. Uh, we got Sean Belegian. Hey, Shawnee, how you doing? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good. Mike Fay. what's up, Mikey? How you doing, Chris? Um, great. Good to see you. We got Jordan Young and Hunter S. Thompson uh, on the other <laughs> end. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Brian Cairns. Hey! U.S. Amateur Champion, baby! U.S. <laughs> Amateur Champion! Game Science! Look at this. Can I get an ole, ole, ole? You're like at a football event. Ole, 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 ole. One uh, of those pastors hats like the uh, the Habs man. We're on the radio. <laughs> yes, I'll call you right exactly. back. BC, we're doing something. Could you could you hang up the phone for a second, please? I did. I mean, it's Casey. It's, it's Casey. It's Casey. It's, Casey. it's, it's ESPN. It's like oh, the golf all right, fair and all right, all right. Um, yeah. hey, so how about this, James Pyatt, U.S. Amateur winner? How about them apples? The only Michigan-born person to win the U.S. Amateur. I, I mean. It was unbelievable. 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 Uh, you know, I told BC, hey, we want to play some golf today. We went and played a little practice round out here at Presswick just before our event this week. Great course. But really, it was more for us just to be together, to just to experience a little bit of this today. And it's it's been unbelievable. And we spent the last nine holes inside, tried to chug down some dinner, and uh, we were jumping for joy and crying tears. And it's been unbelievable still. Oh boy, they got some uh they got some golfers up there in East Lansing, eh? <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Casey was just of course he's having a adult beverage with uh Mr. Pyatt and um, <laughs> Mr. Pyatt is uh he said he's shaking so hard he can't even get the adult beverage to his mouth right now because his son just won the US amateur. US amateur champion. It's in, it's incredible. It's incredible. Uh and and he did it in a you know, he was really composed. He was uh, three down. He was three down going in the back nine, and Bones made a comment on TV that this kid is going to have a really tough time coming back and getting into this match. And when he said that, I was like, boom. Yeah. They don't know who this kid is. And uh, 
he won 10, 11, 12, 13. And, yeah. uh, and man, I, I asked BC four or five times, how many holes left? What hole they on? What hole they on? I have no, I had no clue what hole they on. I was nervous. BC was shaking. Uh, at the end we were jumping and crying. So all good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, look, because, and, and I say that when you're down three and you don't get rattled, you, you stay, comp- it, it's, it's really an incredible stage to be on. And when you're down three, if things can go south, uh, oh. but talk to me about, talk to me about James Pye. Talk to me about. Um, what you what you guys know of this young man? I mean, he's he's a, a really calm, cool, and collected dude. Yeah, we don't know too much with him. I mean, Jordan started with him when he was young, seven, eight years old, and and then I kind of took over when he was eight and a half, nine years old. And ever since then, he's been he's been with us at Fox Hills, and he's just a normal, grounded guy. Loves hitting balls, loves playing golf, and loves coming in and teasing the old guys. You guys can't beat me anymore. <laughs> and uh, he plays in the league at Washington with with the uh, with the Publixers. He's just a normal, grounded kid that will just play golf every day. Doesn't matter. Oh, and by the way, he's a U.S. Amateur champion. I forgot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just wanted to throw that in there. So, so okay. So he's no normal like, guy anymore. <laughs> like when you, I mean, when you talk about U.S. Amateurs that have that have won that tournament, you're talking wow. about the elites. Jack Nicholas. Nicholas, Dustin, jo- I mean, literally, I mean, you could, the, 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 the list is so long. Yep. What does this mean for somebody? Uh, well, a college what does this mean? Yeah, it's life changing, obviously, you know, whatever the tournaments he got to play in because he was in this pairing today, the masters, the open, the open championship and the U S open. And, uh, it's just his, I, I mean, I, I just, and I was with them last weekend down there with him and another kid, Grant Hefner made it and Jimmy Dales made it. But this is how kind of a kid he was. He took late tee times uh, because one of the kids from Michigan, Jimmy Dales, it was his first one. He wanted to be, he wanted Jimmy to be comfortable. It wasn't about James. It was about the group of guys he was with from Michigan. That's how kind he is. That's how much he gives back to the game of golf. And that's what he gives to others. And that's what makes him a great person. So, Mike, what do you what do you think here is is the next step for somebody like this? I mean, this is this is a, a huge springboard into a professional career here. It is absolutely. It's a huge move, and you know, you you look back at all of the U.S. Amateur champions, and they become great champions on the PGA Tour, the Champions Tour. They know how to win, and uh, it's pretty awesome. It's awesome for our state. Yeah, they have. No, I- you know, this is yeah. huge. It's going to, I think, motivate kids. You know, yep. it's a big deal, huge deal. Yeah, huge. no, I think I think you're right about it. Uh, well, look, I know that you guys are going to be doing a lot of that coming up. Uh, so I, I look forward to hearing more about it. Um, uh, Shawnee, um, we were talking about what a what a wonderful place sometimes that social media can be, and you should. Uh, t- I tell you what. You should see some of these comments about uh, about the I was we were a little bit talking uh, ago about um, uh, Lawrence down at in Jacksonville about uh, this guy. What is this guy? He stinks going six for nine in his first preseason game. I mean, you'd think this guy is a is a seventh string quarterback that was drafted. the world is not falling in your pre- your first preseason game. My goodness, and the same goes for the, the the Lions. Everything will be okay. 
How about Cade Cunningham? The Pistons made the wrong choice. Uh, you know, yeah. oh my gosh, what what's this kid's game in this league? It, it's it's mind boggling to me. Uh, Chris, I know you know this. It's I, I take I have to take long breaks from social media. I just do. My brain can't. Mm. The older I get, my brain just can't <laughs> handle it. I'm serious and. Um, yeah, I, relax, you know, and, and it goes both ways. If, if, if you look wonderful, I hate to bring up a, a bad, oh. uh, example, but the 08 lions, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, come on. They, they look like oh, world beaters. First preseason to, yeah, I'm, preseason. you know, preseason champions. Yay. And we know how that worked out. It's, <laughs> there's a reason it's exhibition. I, and you know, it's, it's funny. I don't want to say it's meaningless. I, I think that is demeaning. To the, the, guy, yes. the jobs that are still open. There are still some jobs open. But, you know, with the Lions, you're talking about 40 to probably 45 roster spots are are filled. They just are. Um, the results are meaningless, though. They are. The, the games themselves are not because guys can use it as a, as a springboard either for the team or get something on tape for another team, an audition, if you will. Uh, but, my goodness gracious, don't put a lot into it. It's, it's, it's just an exercise in futility. Well, and here's the other part in all of this is Dan Campbell's his first year as the Lions head coach, first year running a team. This is his first opportunity to see some game action himself. One of the knocks on Jim Caldwell, we talked about this earlier. One of the knocks on Jim Caldwell was always like his in-game management, clock management, taking bizarre timeouts, not taking timeouts. It, there was a lot of head scratchers. Um, this is a, This was a, an opportunity, in my mind, for these coaches, for this organization, for this collective group, just dip your toes in the water. Yep. Let's see how this thing feels, and let's work around it, make corrections. And I didn't see anything glaringly wrong about how that team handled anything first preseason. So you just see if you can build on that, and away you go. Well, they they, they know what the job is. They have to build this talent up the next couple of years, and it's why they made the Stafford deal. That's why they got themselves the extra picks, and let's see what happens. Yeah, I think you're right about that. All right, I know you guys got a jam-packed show coming up. 7 o'clock, spin on golf. Uh, You don't want to miss it. I'll be listening as well. All right. We'll talk to you guys uh, next week and have yourself a wonderful week. Uh, Spin on golf. Come your way next here on WJR.